boys and girls. Welcome to the Comfy Lounge. <laughs> that one. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> Keon's trying to hit our fader, and he's grabbing all the wrong mice. There's Boy, two. when we move to the new studio, it's going to be... One mouse. One mouse in the one new mouse. studio. One mouse. Thank heavens. Actually, Val gets her own mouse. So two mice. But either one will work. It, it'll, it'll, and that's fine. Yep. I'm, I'm okay with that as a... Because right now, because we have... Well, we used to have a number of different computers up here. Yep. And so we have four mice in front of us. One of them does nothing. That one controls the computer on the left. That one controls the main computer. This one controls one that does not have a monitor attached to it. It's headless right now. Good times. That's an official phrase for it, by the way, headless. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can have a headless server, so it doesn't have a display, but you can like SSH and Telnet into it with a command line interface. So, Okay. Pretty common stuff. The, the, Ichabod, the Ichabod Crane server. <laughs> yeah. The headless horseman server. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Where's Mr. Toad when you need him? <laughs> that was a terrible, terrible movie. Anyway, who are you, Keon? I'm Keon. I'm Russell. And we're two millennials, and sometimes we talk. Occasionally. Once a week we get together <laughs> once, to talk. Once a week. Um, so, one of the things that... Uh, I, well, first off, I don't, do, you, do you have any stories? I have the story, yeah. You have the story. Yeah. If you want to get into the theater story already... Oh, wait, no, not the theater story yet. Oh, okay. Oh, 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 the news? Yeah, I have a good story. Okay. I have a really good story. So this is topical, and maybe I'll get around to uploading the podcast, and it'll still be topical by the time I upload it. Fingers crossed. I have, like, a backlog of three, because this week has been, these last three weeks have been absolutely nuts, so I've not had any time to upload anything, so this is all on air. You're just going to get a three-for-one one day in the Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It'll probably be tomorrow, hopefully. Um, so this is from our, our news partners over at CBS which is really weird to say, by the way. Our news partner's over at CBS. Uh, Mom warns about deodorant challenge. There's a new challenge going around. Fortunately, this is in the UK, in Bogland, where they have nothing better to do but to do this. Um, a teenager was badly burned, okay? So it's not funny. Don't laugh. A mother in the UK is warning parents on social media about a challenge, quote-unquote. She said left her daughter with severe born, uh, burns, the CBS local reports. I'm normally much better at reading, by the way. Jamie Prescott said the deodorant challenge is to blame for wounds on her 15-year-old's arm. Prescott fo- posted graphic images on Facebook with the warning saying her daughter Ellie participated in the challenge, which involves spraying aerosol deodorant on skin for an extended period. She says, for any parents who have children, please, please sit them down and show them these pictures, the post says. These are the damaging results of something known as the deodorant challenge, which is currently doing the rounds at Yate, which is a town in England. Apparently involves spraying deodorant on someone for an extended period of time. Look at these pictures, Keon. Ew. Look at these pictures. Oh. That is a second degree burn you're looking at. That is... That's a chemical burn. That's disgusting. And also, yes. The injured teen said that she went to meet some friends in a park when they told her to put out her arm and take the deodorant challenge. First of all, what kind of messed up gang initiation is this? Like, come on. Gang, gang initi- initiations used to be cool. They used to be cool. Not used to kill someone in the middle of the night. You know, he used to stab a homeless person. He didn't spray deodorant. These kids are getting soft. Anyway, Jamie Prescott, back in my day, we did harder things. Jamie Prescott <laughs> told a regional newspaper that her daughter has to see a practice nurse and go to surgery once a week. A challenge really needs to be made public as possible, blah, blah, blah. Unclear how widespread it is. But this is in the UK, so it doesn't really affect us, but it'll probably spread because of the internet, uh, like the Tide Pod Challenge did, where like three people did it, I think, and there was a media fervor over it, and now they label millennials for some reason as being Tide Pod Challenge com- participators. Um, when we're too old. We're way too old for that. We know much better. We're 20-somethings, guys. Come on. We're yeah, not no, gonna... we, we already did our dumb stuff, and you didn't know about it because social media wasn't as big yet. Yeah, fortunately. All of our dumb stuff, we deleted <laughs> already. You don't have to worry about that. Yeah, my MySpace account no longer exists. <laughs> my Facebook account does, but everything after or everything before 2011 is is gone. 
for the most part. Did, did you go back and, and get rid of it or what? Not pictures, but yeah, most of the posts are got or locked, made private. Yeah. Oh, I should probably do that. Yeah, it's I, probably... I have no idea what it is that I was <laughs> posting back in like '08 when I. Oh my gosh. <laughs> when I joined Facebook, I got my account like 2009. My Twitter account's almost 10 years old now, by the way. Oof. <laughs> president Bush was still president when my Twitter account was signed. That's that's, yeah. That's kind of weird. That is pretty pretty weird. Yeah. I actually have two Twitter accounts because I I started one for my for my sports page. Ah, uh, yeah. And then that just became my Twitter account. Like that one has my actual personality now. Yeah. So the the one that I originally started to be mine, I haven't updated in I, I don't know since '09 probably. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. So now I have two Twitter accounts with my name on it and. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> what and they're both me. It's just yeah. <laughs> one you, was me with a definite time capsule element to it that's kind of embarrassing. You know, the sad thing is if you logged into that old Twitter account, you probably wouldn't have any notifications. That's the sad thing. You say sad, but that means that no one was looking at it <laughs> or paying attention to it in any way. <laughs> well, I say that because I've done that before. I went back to one of my ancient accounts from when I had a regular show other than this one, like once a week or, or once a day, every weekday. And uh, it had no notifications because it was a tiny AM I was on. So whatever. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. But it's just social media does blow this stuff up larger than than what it is. But I do feel like the challenges have gotten out of control. It's just like, well, oh, here's a thing that's vaguely uncomfortable. What's the challenge? Get burned? I mean, like, yeah, I don't just, understand. Well, because there's only two options, really. It's like either it causes actual physical harm to you or it doesn't. Yeah. But there's nothing so challenging about having deodorant sprayed on your arm that you can't do it, and then you find yeah. out, okay, well, it burns, there was so a, let me not. When we were kids, our challenge was, like, can we pole vault across this drainage ditch, you know, yeah. with, like, a stick? Like, that was our challenge back in the day. There was a... You know, 10 years ago. <laughs> there was, like, a little open sewer thing by our school when I was in high school, me and my friend, and we, were, and we looked in it, and we were like, how far does it go? Oh, yeah. So we just kind of trekked in there and just kept going, and, like... We're pretty sure we went in there for like miles, and we were just like, okay, at least a mile. We we were in there, and it was just like this, this, this is not going anywhere. Yeah, and this can only end badly for both of us. So we just turned around and went back, and of course, like walking back a mile with your back hunched in this little sewer thing. You're like, why did we do this in the first place? <laughs> but like, that's what the challenges were, and it was always you and like one or two other people. Yeah, it wasn't you and the internet. Yeah, you and a webcam. Like, what, <laughs> yeah. what's the fun in that? There's no fun there. And I'm the most antisocial person, but there's no fun in just, like, filming yourself and doing some dumb thing, says the guy who posted a gun review on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the last, yeah, the last the last challenge that I actually liked was the ice bucket challenge. That was a good challenge. It was for a good cause, though. Yeah, it was for ALS. And yeah. so that, that, to me, was like, okay, this actually has some kind of meaning. Everything else is like the Tide Pod challenge is, you, you do know what that does to your insides, right? When it gets down there. There's a really good series of videos, by the way, by this, do, uh, by this dude. I sometimes get an accent. <laughs> by this, uh, I, I got mixed between. And, and not, not a southern accent, uh, which would make sense. It's but, some unidentifiable <laughs> accent. No, I get hung up between words. I was going to say guy, and then I was going to say dude, and I just got stuck between the two. It's like, by this dude. <laughs> it's like, dude, on your chair. Uh, this guy posted a video. His, uh, his name is uh, Chubby Emu on, on YouTube. Don't judge him based on his name. He actually does really good videos. He's a doctor, and he posted a really interesting video about the effects of what the Tide Pod Challenge actually does with a case that he studied uh, and, and presented all the evidence. And you know, all this. it sounds boring, but it was actually really, really interesting. He's done one where a woman ate like a pound of chocolate and what it did to her. 
my um, god yeah well, there's like a, a guy who drank a gallon of distilled water what it did to him all sorts of different stuff i mean uh, you know the challenges are really really kind of interesting we have a phone call by the way Uh-oh. all right here it comes oh no caller you're on the air what's up oh yeah keon russell not telling you the really dumb thing he did that makes the tide pod challenge look minuscule oh you're talking about the nsa thing Oh, yeah. He was about 16 or 17 when I hired him. And, you know, a little cop show host or tech host. And uh, uh, several days after he did his show, we ended up with rap music coming out of the radio station. Going back five years, four years. And I'm like, what the heck is this? Well, our our receiver, ISP, got hacked. <laughs> little box. Uh, did you do anything? He goes, well, I did call the NSA. I'm like, you what? <laughs> what? I said, I know we're a little nuts and conservative, but you, you, you what? Oh, I called the NSA and I put your stones and NSA. I'm like, oh man, are you serious? Do not call the NSA, please. And that was when I, I learned to never call anyone on the air ever again. <laughs> Not the NSA. Not the NSA. <laughs> Not the NSA. I guess that that pales in comparison with the time the FBI visited him. But oh, we well, can tell you that story. Yeah, this is true. Bye. Thank you. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, I called the NSA on the air one time. Uh, it was a. <laughs> this is really stupid. It was a field office number that got posted in a in a. I think it was like WikiLeaks back like way way back. And I thought it'd be fun to call him on the air and bust him and. <laughs> yeah, we got into some trouble for that one. Yeah, the FBI visited my house one time for something I did not do. But yeah, that's a whole other story I don't really want to get into because it may come back to bite me later. <laughs> wow. You have lived an adventurous life, sir. Well, if, if it, by adventurous you mean posting and not posting things online and getting accused, accused of posting things online, sure. And then being associated with different uh, groups of people that are now labeled as domestic terrorists. Yeah, I mean, I've done some interesting... <laughs> well, yeah, no, I've... I'd... I don't have any exciting stories like that one. There's a good friend. Well, I say a good friend. There's a guy I know who is now uh, a pretty well-known white supremacist, so I'm not really friends with him anymore. <laughs> he wasn't at the time. We didn't know this back then. Right. Yeah. Well, you can't know. How it's do you not, know? Yeah, it's not like a label on your forehead. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, he uh, he hacked into, I think it was AT&T back in the day. Like, I keep saying back in the day. I mean, like, five years ago. Um, no, ten years ago now. Gosh. Um and uh, so I was in the same chat rooms with him for a long, long time on IRC back way back when that was still relevant. And uh, yeah, I got a visit from the FBI over that one, and that was you know basically they just asked if I knew who he was, and I'm like no. <laughs> There's no. I actually got visited twice though. The other, the second time, was was related to someone who uh, apparently posted like some death threat thing about Miley Cyrus or some weird thing. I don't know what was going on with that, but they asked me a whole bunch of questions about it. Like, if I did it, I was like, no, of course, why would I do... You know, I was like 13, so I'm scared in my mind. They're like, can we search your house? I was like, no. My dad's like, no, you really can't search our house. And they're like, do you have any guns in the house and all that stuff? I was like, you don't have a warrant, guys. Come on, you know, leave. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, that's... That's pretty crazy. Yeah, well... Definitely the NSA thing is still taking the cake on that one to me. I thought it was going to be really cheeky. Yeah, and it got us into, into some trouble. <laughs> I learned my lesson from that one. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, those are those are the people. Granted, granted, you're 16 years old. I was 16 and 17 years old at the time. You I was, find a phone number. I was much younger when the FBI thing happened. I was like 13. Man, I was just 
calling sports talk radio shows when I was 16. I, <laughs> I was on the air when I was 16. I had my own radio show when I was 17. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's too much power, man. It is too much power. It's, it's intoxicating. I don't know why in the world they trust me with that. There's so many, I can't count how many times I should have been fired over, over the course of my career. <laughs> it's only because we work for good people. True. Very true. So, Oh, man, we got so far off the, the thing with the original story, but... Oh, yeah, so, yeah, what is the deal with these kids and their freaking challenges? Like, like what we did when we were kids, like, those were those things were fun, but nowadays, I sound like a grizzled, angry old man, but, like, seriously, nowadays, like, what are these kids doing? Like, it's not fun. Yeah, I because for me, I, first off, I am king old fogey, so <laughs> I, I understand entirely, and generally speaking, I try not to be that guy who's like, oh, our cartoons were better, blah, blah, Because, like, I've watched cartoons now that are just, they crack me up and yeah, I, I, can, I can die laughing. Sure. But, like, when it comes to things that are supposed to be dares, what, why would you do a thing that would actually physically cause you bodily harm? Not could, will. Will, yeah, 100% it, certainty. It's not like like when we were kids, we would sneak into abandoned houses. We snuck into an abandoned car lot one time. Like, I mean, we were, you know, we were kids. If we get caught, we get kicked out and our parents get called. Like, you know, it's not the end of the world and you learn something from when you're adventurous, whatever. Nowadays, it seems like, and I'm sure I know kids are still doing that. I think that's really cool. I think they should. Uh, just don't tell your parents I said that. But, <laughs> you know, like, some of these, I think it's just dumb kids, really. Like, it, yeah. it really is just really stupid kids. Like it's not would, all the kids. It's just really stupid ones. I say we. My friends would try and sneak into bars. Like, everyone just knew, like, you look 12. Like, you're not getting in here. Yeah. But, like, you know, stuff like that. It was just like, okay, the, the worst thing that can happen is someone goes, hey, shame on you. Yeah. Not you end up with a second degree burn. You don't end up in the hospital for trying to walk into a bar when you're 12. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you're not. Try, like you're not trying to nurse a welt on your arm that's filled with pus. Like there's like you nothing don't have is worth degree that. burns from trying to. Watch. <laughs> just, I'll never understand it. It's funny though because like the things that we did would probably be seen as way more dangerous. You know what I mean? Like sneaking into abandoned houses and doing all the like going into drainage ditches and all these dumb things. Like they're dumb, yeah, but they're not going to kill you. Yeah, I mean, or physically maim you with chemical burns for heaven's sake. Like we knew better than that. There, there is a certain level of adventure that kids will always have. And, and should have. And should have, in order to be to be proper adults in, in life. And I do think I do think that there's like a certain level of overt coddling that ends up happening too. Yeah. Um and there, you know, there's a whole bunch of like theories on that. But I will say that the the stuff is supposed to at least be an adventure. Yeah. There's there's no adventure in spraying your arm with chemicals. Well, and plus, swallowing chemicals. Yeah, especially that. Half of the story, or half of the things that we did when we were kids are, are, I believe, intended so that when we're older, we'll have a cool story about it. There's no cool story out of, you know, getting a chemical burn either on your insides or your outsides. Like, what cool story do you have to get out of that? You know, like... None, really. Yeah, what's the point? Because the thing is, I think it's a little bit more than just a cool story, too. I think it's, there's something that maybe you're worried about or you're afraid of doing, and then what you learn when you do it is oh this thing was dangerous or this thing was kind of crazy but I can I actually can yeah if you spray yourself with chemicals all you have proven is that you like every other human on this planet will burn that's all you've proven <laughs> every other organic matter on this planet <laughs> correct so the, the adventure because you do have a story if you give yourself a, a second degree chemical burn and a very big medical bill and I guess you do have an adventure trip to the hospital it's always fun ambulances but uh that's about all you get 
Yeah, that's about <laughs> the gist of it. Yeah. <laughs> there's, What's there's, the deal, man? Like you haven't accomplished anything yet. So yeah, I don't know. I just kids are weird, man. I yeah. I don't want to be old man yelling at cloud, but. Well, that reminds me of a story that I read the other day. Uh, let me see if I can find it real quick. Uh, it was it was about a kid who was uh, savagely beaten uh, by a guy, allegedly by a guy. Here we go. DailyMail.co.uk has the story here. Uh, it actually happened in Arizona, however, but Daily Mail has fun wording, so we'll go with it. Uh, a six-foot-four-inch man who's accused of beating up two teenage boys who rang his doorbell and then fled as a prank was arrested. <laughs> and I don't know why you're laughing, Keon. Was arrested and charged with aggravated assault after one of the kids suffered a broken bone in the face and a major concussion. That's not funny. Jonathan LaCork was at home in Queen Creek, uh, Arizona on Saturday night when he heard someone ring his doorbell, according to authorities. He opened his door. I'm sorry, LaRoque, not LaCork. I'll pronounce the guy's name right. He's only accused, right? Uh, opened his door and noticed that several kids were ding-dong ditching him, which we did too when we were kids. Yeah. A prank where kids ring the doorbell and then run away. We all know what that is. Well, the sheriff's deputies in Maricopa County say that LaCork, or LaRoque, sorry, began to run after the two boys and a father, one of them, said LaRoque punched one of the boys to the ground and then went after another one. He has a picture of the kid. I mean, look at that. This kid's like just... Yeah, that's, that's brutal. This kid's swollen that, that and guy over That guy overreacted in the worst way. You think? He says he grabbed his second child, punched him out, and dragged him to his own driveway and garage and then continued to beat him for what kids witnessed a good 30 seconds of hammering uh, his son in the face, said the father, who did not want to be identified. So maybe it's not just kids who are crazy. Maybe like young adults are also not. Maybe we're crazy we, too. We probably are crazy. I, 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 I acknowledge would, this. I don't think I would beat up a thirteen-year-old for ringing my doorbell. I'd probably shake my fist and go, hey, "Are you kids?" Yeah, that guy would hate us. I remember we what we did was uh, like my friend had his his youngest brother was was like six, and we were maybe thirteen years old. Sure. So he had like a you know like a like a dump truck set and everything, and he had a shovel with it. So he'd take the shovel. We'd go around like the dog park and pick up dog crap and oh, put it in a paper bag. Oh, no. then, then we'd ring the doorbell and light the paper bag on fire. Oh, you did that? That was great. That guy would have murdered us. Yeah. That's a... Uh, yeah, man. And that's, that's a very strong overreaction. I'm sorry. Like, kids rang your doorbell and ran away. Big deal. What are the chances it's, they're going to do it again? And also, what are the odds that that guy didn't do that when he was yeah, a kid? Seriously, we all did that. Well, I mean, plus, like, the worst thing you have to do is open the door and chase them to the end of your yard. They're never going to ring your doorbell again. Yeah. If you really want. Like, if you, if you look absolutely terrifying and angry. Which this guy does, by the way. Look at him. He's six foot four. He's got biceps bigger than my freaking thighs. Okay, but then now, now looking at that picture of him, everything is now explained. Yes. He's not crazy in the way that we're, we're crazy. That guy is crazy in the way that Jim Bro is crazy. <laughs> and that person, you never want to know. This is like XYZZ levels of crazy. This guy said, uh, the father said he's a psycho. That's not normal human behavior to act like that. LaRoque was already on probation for three prior drug-related arrests. Oh, wow. How much do you want to bet those are steroid drugs, by the way? <laughs> uh, uh, all the money in the world. All the money in the world. I would... All I the would, Bitcoin ever. Should not have put my money into Unum, let me tell you. <laughs> the judge said a bond of uh, $4,700. He also told LaRoque that he was not allowed any to have any contact with the victim. LaRoque told the judge, yeah, I don't want nothing to do with him. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, man. The sheriff's office is still investigating. He's due back in court um, May the 14th. Today's the 10th. So in four days, he's due back in court. So, yeah. Now, there's no way that guy didn't just drink a large quart of Dianabol. <laughs> HGH. Just, just, yeah, just human growth, growth hormones straight out of the bag. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that guy's, that guy's crazy. Yeah, that guy's like three-quarters horse at this point. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, what a not then, though. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, and also don't take steroids, kids. They'll, don't take they'll ruin your life. Like that's a, a like classic example of what appears to be roid rage. Because again, remember this guy has not been convicted, so we you know he's innocent until proven guilty. Of course, we don't know if Roke is guilty or not. But from my estimation, my private opinion, uh, which I'm now making public, that looks like a case of roid rage. Just saying. It it would appear to be that, yeah. I mean, and like covering sports for as long as I have. Oh, you know roid rage. I, I have I have seen it, especially like when you look at old baseball videos from like the '90s. <sighs> First off, when every guy was built like a linebacker for whatever reason. Yeah. But then also. When, when every guy just like I've seen guys like have big freakouts in the dugout, and you just take the bat and you're just hitting all the water coolers and everything, and everyone's just looking at you like, "Dude, chill out." Yeah, yeah. Red rage. It's like the time the the bus hit uh, a rod and thirteen people were killed. That was a whole big. <laughs> I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> oh, uh-huh. look on your face. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Wait, what story is this?" <laughs> Like A Rod, I I was watching baseball during A Rod's career. I'm not, but oh, A Rod did take lots of steroids though. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> and I, from the looks of it, but A Rod always stayed chill. It was the weirdest thing. Yeah, he just got more orange. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, maybe Donald Trump is using steroids. Maybe Donald Trump is using. Well, he is six four. He's six four. He's seventy years old, and he plays golf. And I hear the 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 way he drives the ball for a guy his age. Pretty impressive. I would not even be mad if Donald Trump used steroids. I'd be like, that explains everything. I mean, I, it would explain a lot, the temper, the temperament, everything. Sure. Yeah. I think our boss takes steroids, actually, come to think of it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the issue, though, is that if you take steroids, it helps if you like also work out. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> I should take steroids. But he's, he's angry enough to have taken steroids, like just all of them. Yeah, true. Very true. <laughs> oh man just <laughs> be glad you were in the office yesterday afternoon let me oh, tell you <laughs> good lord <laughs> oh moving i think paints. that that's my the plus side of when i come in i come into the office after everyone's gone yeah. it's nighttime yeah so i don't catch any of the other things at all well and it's funny in business because we're all such good friends that we could just blow up at each other and then, and then five it's seconds, fine. yeah five seconds later it's like it's nothing because guys are like that you can't really do that with the salespeople. <laughs> no it's got to be careful you got to pick your spots you got to pick your spot yeah the salespeople, you know you got to coddle them you, i don't mean that in a bad way you just got to be really nice to them because they deserve it and and like yeah what, what they're doing essentially is like the spine of <laughs> of your operation yeah it's like we get we get to do this because someone well someone's making the money i always know? i joke with the salespeople because i work with them pretty closely producing ads i say oh yeah we just produce the content don't worry about us <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah we're fine we just do all the work while you guys sell what we do don't worry about it <laughs> it's uh it, it feels kind of good, but also, you got to try and uh, have levels of humility. A little bit, yeah. I do. No, right. we're millennials. We're totally narcissistic. <laughs> 92.7 FM, two millennials talk. Nuga Radio, 92.7 FM, Two Millennials Talk, I'm Keon Rose. Our muscles drown. Perfectly executed this time. About time. You know, we're, what are we, one for three every... Something like that, yeah. Something like that, yeah. I think we are one for three, yeah, we're doing okay. So, (laughs) 
you have a theater story. I have a theater. I always have a theater story. Every time I go to the theater. So here's the thing. We, you're right. We do need to make a segment out of this because every time I go to the theater and see a movie, something happens. Literally every time. Every single time. I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm cursed. Maybe I'm jinxed. I don't know what it is. But every single time I go to the theater to watch a movie, something happens either to A, tick me off, or B, I think is funny and I have to share the story. So I went to see A Quiet Place. Now, if you don't know anything about the movie A Quiet Place, <laughs> the sound design is really good. The sound design is such that there are extended periods where there is no sound, and that enhances the experience. And it, I won't spoil the movie, but uh, basically, um, there are these. This isn't spoiler; it's in the trailer, uh, which is a, a spoiler, I guess. But there are these monsters that that are blind, but they react to sound. So if you make a sound, they'll come at it, and they're like powerful and whatever. It's a good movie. It's a great movie. Um, and so there are extended periods where they're trying to stay as quiet as possible. And for the audience experience, they make there's no soundtrack. There's no music. It's just quiet. Them breathing, them shushing each other. It's really, really good. It's a really powerful movie experience. So my friends and I went to see it. Um, uh, let's see. It was Tuesday at 430 we went to see A Quiet Place. It was an amazing, amazing movie. Really liked it. John Krasinski's directorial debut, by the way. Oh, really? He yeah. directed it? He directed it, yeah, and did a great job, if you ask me. Good job starring in it, too, along with his wife, Emily Blunt. Um, I wonder how she got cast. <laughs> ah, man. Must have gone through the agency. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it was a long casting call. Anyway, uh, so we're watching this movie. First of all, my I buy popcorn because I just wasn't thinking. I I just got my uh, my Stubbs Premier uh, thing, so you can get at AMC theaters, which is like all of them now in Chattanooga. Like all the theaters are AMC except for the one that's the other company, the name of which I never can remember. Um, Carmike. No, Carmike was bought by AMC. Oh, Carmike was bought by AMC. What what's the one? Because Hamilton Place is in AMC. It's uh, Regal. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Regal's good. I like all theater companies. Regal's good. And they have good. the UEC in Cleveland, which is yes, which is pretty nice. It's also very good theater. There's that one theater, the other theater in Hamilton Place, which is the best place to see a horror movie because the theater itself is a horror show. But that's a whole other topic. Yeah, the, the one off of uh, Belfield off of, Parkway. Sorry, oh. not Belfield Parkway. My bad. Gun Barrel. Gun Barrel, yeah. Which they, they've worked on trying to renovate it, but it's just like... Gosh, I, I don't know what it is. That place is always the dirtiest place. <laughs> there were ceiling tiles falling down when I went to see Alien Covenant. But anyway, <laughs> that's another theater story. So this theater story, um, I bought popcorn because I'm an idiot and I wasn't thinking. So I'm eating popcorn in the movie A Quiet Place. My friend who went to see it before told me a story about his friend who was with us. This guy, this guy bought nachos <laughs> at A Quiet Place. This guy... The nerve of this man to eat nachos <laughs> in this movie. I can just hear it in my head all through this freaking movie. And I'm like, stop. Anyway, so we're all eating popcorn, munching away eating popcorn, watching this movie. Okay, so we get to the very beginning of the movie. I'm doing the clap thing, the Twitter clap thing. The very beginning of the movie. Guess who walks in? Just give a guess. Give a guess? Give a guess. <laughs> I have no idea. A couple with a baby. Oh, no. A couple with a baby walks into this movie theater. I kid you not, this kid starts crying as soon as they walk in. All oh, right? man. As soon as they walk oh, in. Oh, man. The very beginning scenes. Oh, so ten Oh, man. They're in the pharmacy. Oh, they got to get the supplies. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, oh, my God. You freaking kid. I'm going to kill you. Like, it's not the kid's fault. Kids are going to cry. Whatever. It's an infant. It's, a, it's an infant. 
Kids are going to cry. I don't blame the kid. I blame the dang parents. Don't bring your kid into a movie theater unless they can sit down and shut up because that's what you do in a movie theater. Especially, I mean, you're going to bring an infant to a horror movie. Why would you do this? That's bad parenting. That is insufficient parenting 101. Well, it gets better. Eventually, the kid actually is quiet. They bring the, the mother walks the kid out. Okay. Comes back in. The kid's asleep. All right. Fine. Good. Good. Okay. You can handle that. All right. Uh, props. You know, something bad happens, you take it out, you take care of it, and you walk back in. I'm not too mad at that. That's good parenting. <laughs> Wait, why did that sound like, why did that sound ominous? <laughs> so, something bad happens, you take it out, take care of it, and you come back. Because <laughs> <laughs> I read too much uh, military <laughs> autobiographies. Anyway, um, uh, so they, they come back in, and the kid's quiet again. Okay, cool. Well, then the kid starts making these cooing sounds like, like babies do. Again, I don't blame the baby, I blame the parent whatever so then we're watching this movie and it's all these tense scenes and in the background all i can hear is <laughs> this kid like and i'm like oh my gosh shut up and then the mother whispers to the husband i think he's hungry and i'm thinking in my head please do not please do not please do not <laughs> so you know the next sound i'm hearing is a baby being fed oh no roll behind me watching a quiet place great movie though it was a really good movie but that was that that I feel like that would only happen to you. That's my theater story. The kid's name was Tabitha. I know because they kept the, talking to it. <laughs> Have mercy, man. Uh, yeah. Oh man. Now here's the thing with me watching A Quiet Place. I am a giant weenie, <laughs> and I'm terrified at every horror movie I've ever been to. From I think I think my dad was trying to make me tough when I was a kid. And so he had me watch like The Exorcist with it one time when when oh, I was no. when I was like 13, <laughs> and it had the reverse effect. I'm actually more terrified of horror movies now. Well, yeah, like immersion ther therapy doesn't work when you're a small child. <laughs> but that was his thing to everything, too. It's like, yeah. oh, can't swim? Throw you in the pool. <laughs> like, it's <laughs> that was just how he dealt with stuff was like, oh, if I just give it to you at 100%, then you should be able to handle it at every other point in your life. Yeah. And it worked for most things. It just didn't work for horror movies. I can't, like, I like to watch good movies, and so when a good movie happens to be a horror movie, I will go watch it. But, like, I eat when I'm nervous. I also can't eat popcorn because it, and, like, it all gets stuck in my teeth. Oh, yeah. I pretty much swallow none of it. It's just all in my teeth <laughs> and my gums. You when you walk out. Right. And I can't do anything about it. I just have to go home and brush all the popcorn that I paid for out of my mouth. Yeah. So I usually eat nachos. And so now, I don't know. I guess I'm going to have to get some kind of soft candy. And well, just eat that. I found out at the uh, the the one I was just telling you about, the Regal uh, near the mall, they serve alcohol, I found out. They do, yeah. They have a bar. So I know what theater I'm going to for the rest of my <laughs> life. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'll go to any movie. I kind of got stuck going there because T-Mobile, because on Tuesdays, T-Mobile will give you free stuff. Well, yeah, I to, have T-Mobile, yeah. To do it. And uh, so they'll give you $5 off this movie and $5 off that movie. Yeah. And the app that they go through is the Atom app. And it's it's a pretty nice app. You can buy stuff. You can buy your food online before you get there. Oh, rad. And then just pick it up. It's pretty nice. Using, using the same ticket. A-T-O-M or A-D? A-T-O-M, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, and uh, so it's, it's a really nice app. It works with most of the theaters in the area. Hmm. The, the Regal and AMC ones for sure. Okay. So, yeah, you can, you can buy the concessions and then show up and just pick it up and then walk into your movie. And pretty much, it's a, it's a pretty seamless process. That's, that's pretty nice. Yeah. So, I I will be going to see that movie. And basically, it's got me stuck on Regal because, you know, they, they're giving out the thing for Deadpool. And 
I think Red Sparrow was the movie that they gave away before, and that was actually pretty good. Was that a good movie? Yeah, it was. It wasn't. It was a slow burn. It's not. Okay. It's not high paced and high action. But I thought the story was really cool in the character development. I really liked it a lot. So I, I thought it was pretty good. Um, I don't know how much the fact that like I had to pay like three dollars for that movie. Once, once the T-Mobile thing helped there, my stinginess. Oh, guess how much I paid to go see A Quiet Place, by the way. How much? 20-something dollars. Really? Because I bought Stubbs Premier membership. Like, when I got my ticket, the ticket was $5. I was like, oh, great, $5. And it's like, get rewards with Stubbs Premier. I was like, oh, okay, fine. I thought it was a one-time payment. It's actually yearly, whatever. Next payment's 2019. I should have 20 bucks by 2019. Right. So, um, I hope anyway. <laughs> um, so You never know in radio. You, you really never know. I may be homeless in Baltimore <laughs> by that point. But, um, yeah, I, I spent 20 bucks on, on the movie. At least it was worth it. I would actually probably be okay with spending 20 bucks just for the movie ticket. But I also got popcorn uh, membership and the ticket. So, I can't complain too much. Right. I mean, it, that seems like it worked out pretty nicely. It did. But, yeah. I, do, I actually have... A theater story because your theater story reminded me of one okay that i had which is when watchmen came out oh yeah um i was in middle 2009? school yeah i was in like middle school when watchmen came out <laughs> i just started college i was a freshman okay and so we go to the movie theater and nothing happens during the movie that's bad the movie is pretty great okay but we're walking out of the movie theater, and this is, in my opinion, like a prime example of insufficient parenting 101. Oh, no. Because here's a mom and, like, her, her like, eight-year-old, her six-year-old, and her, her other six-year-old. Like, I don't know. Like, there's just a bunch of young kids. And oh, I was no. like, you took, these, you took these children to come see Watchmen? Well. What are you doing? It's an R-rated movie. It's an R-rated movie. You brought an eight-year-old to, to see Watchmen. And then this woman who massive woman is just sort of like <laughs> rolling out of the theater and going well there wasn't as much action as i would have liked and i was just like you you know you don't deserve kids <laughs> i don't think you do um <laughs> well 2009 you have to remember the time that we're talking about because iron man had just come out which I, which I get. Iron Man came out the year before. This is like when Disney's ramping up, or Marvel Studios at the time is ramping up their like superhero thing. So yeah, it was the beginning of the the Marvel universe. The beginning of the end for movie um, going. And look, man, I I understand that, but it's just like when you see that the movie's rated R, why would you bring your kids to that? I understand, like maybe there's some expectation of. I, I, I don't think there's some expectation of what you expect a superhero movie to be. Yeah. But if the movie's rated R, you should know the movie's rated R. Yeah, you should know not to take your kids to that. It's it's crazy because of course like there's because then I once I saw the kids, my mind started to replay like all the most violent parts of that movie. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. Not only that. You... Not only that. Doctor Manhattan's naked for a lot of that movie. A lot of that movie. Like, yeah. Frontally, just full frontal full Manhattan. Full frontal. Yep. Yeah. Uh, did you see? Uh, I think it's HBO is doing like a, a mini series on Watchmen. They they bought the rights to it, so okay. yeah, I know they they they're planning on it. And um, Damon Lindelof is supposed to be the guy that's running the show. Huh. Okay. So he he the last show he did was I think the Leftovers is what it's called. Yes, I've heard that's really good. I heard it's really good. And Damon Lindelof took over from J.J. Abrams on Lost as well. Oh. So it's like. <laughs> I, he has a good track record. He has a good track record. Yeah, like Aside Lost from, is obviously an up and down kind of show, but mostly 
mostly the ending of Lost is what people disagree with. All the stuff in the middle was not the problem. Yeah, well, <laughs> to be that completely was, honest with you, that's the writer's fault, not really the the main dude's fault. Yeah, but uh, that's because the writer strike, <laughs> <laughs> which no, did happen near the end. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, the writer's strike like ruined a lot of things. The, the writer's strike, Heroes was actually a decent show until <laughs> until the writer's strike, and then when it came back, it was terrible. Well, you know that's why late '70s TV is so universally seen as bad, is because there's a massive writer's strike, and so like all television from that era, aside from a few shiny examples like WKRP, which is an amazing TV show, were just awful. And then the '80s came around and things got a lot better. That, that, to me, is crazy. Yeah. Like, when you see strikes, especially in entertainment, I, I, I always wonder about it just because, do, how often do they work? I don't, I don't really know. Well, uh, for example, there was a teacher strike just recently where they were asking for a raise, and they actually did get what they wanted in some cases. So okay. it, it does work, but it's, it's more, with writer strikes, I understand, because it's not like anyone's, like, education is at stake. But with teacher strikes, it, there's a little bit of like child manipulation going on there that I'm not exactly in favor of. This is true. You know, like I get but that's a the bit, leverage that they have. That's they the leverage. The leverage is your it. children, and I'm not comfortable with that, which is why I don't engage in the system. But you know, whatever. Yeah, I mean, there's got to be. I just, I just think like we probably should bolster private schools a little bit on that, yeah. so that there's an other option, another option there for even teachers to go to. And then there's other stuff too, where it's like you can't have all of the rights with none of the responsibility. And by yeah. that, I just mean, obviously good teachers deserve to make much more money than teachers make. Like teachers don't make anything for how important their job actually is. Right. But also like really bad teachers are allowed to just kind of stick around forever. And I have gone through the entire public school system and I've had some terrible teachers. Like, looking back on it, like, you're, you're just awful. Like, how did you get hired? How did you continue to teach and have a job? I had a teacher, and I won't, I won't say her name, but she, she, was, she would start class, and when we were about maybe five or ten minutes in, she'd say, okay, read this chapter. And then she'd go out to her truck for a smoke, and she wouldn't be back <laughs> for another 20 minutes. Yeah, that's my kind of teacher. I like yeah, that lady. And then she'd come back. So we, we were all just hanging out. But in terms of us actually learning anything in that class, not really. You learn, like, <laughs> I guess, don't smoke, kids. Yeah, don't smoke. <laughs> it's or bad she, for you. Or it's like she would just go to her truck and like just sit in the truck for like twenty minutes during class. <laughs> I'm going to assume this was in Texas, right? This was in Texas. Okay. Yes, I could tell. <laughs> and it's, but then the teachers that I had that were really good were were fantastic, and it's like I, I know that you don't make enough money, and that you're like buying some of our school supplies out of your pocket. Yeah, and I I wish that you would you would make more, but there's there's got to be a and that's the reason why private schools always seem like a really good idea to me because it's just sure the the teachers that are good will get paid more money and then you you have teachers that like if you're just not a good teacher there's no reason for us to keep paying you right you know and and so there, there's there's the rights and responsibility we like we have these conversations of rights which are important but then no back end responsibility conversation which is more important in my opinion yeah i mean and the fact of the matter is that no matter what the kids end up suffering because there's a strike okay the kids suffer because they're not going to school i don't know how much suffering that is but the kids aren't going to school and well it's uh, suffering for their future it's like sure. at some point in the kid's life they are going to suffer because they're not going to school yeah at some point that is going to become a problem it's not that they're it's not that they're not going to school but they are going to homeschool or whatever they're simply not being educated at that point or they're at least not being schooled at that point yeah yeah so it, it's it's an issue yeah the whole i mean i understand collective bargaining and i get it i don't agree with it but i do understand it 
um, which is weird for someone in the radio industry to say, by the way, because like everyone's unionized in radio. But um, I, I, I think that things could be much better accomplished if you bargain on an individual level, because I know deals can be made on an individual level that, you know, I just know things can be done. <laughs> yeah. The, the issue is sometimes when it comes to the individual level, it's like you. And I'll, I'll, OK, here's here's my example, because okay. I just I, I know sports, so that's just what I know. But sure. like 1987, the players had a strike. OK. And what NFL players wanted, because NFL players have very short careers the average length of your typical NFL career is maybe four years, but even the best players don't go much longer than like 10. Yeah, Manning is an example of a, a way, way far extreme. Yeah, you you have quarterbacks. Quarterbacks can tend to last a little bit more. They don't get hit nearly as much. And then Peyton particularly played the game cerebrally, so like he never really got touched. You watch like the end of Peyton's career. If anyone came to tackle him, he would just fall over first. <laughs> it's like, no, you don't have to hit me. I give up. Yeah. Uh, so like... Quarterbacks can last sometimes 20 years, Brett Favre, Peyton Manning, but most players don't get much longer than 10. So what players wanted was they wanted a pension so that when they were done playing your, your 10 year career, you're trying to find like a, a second career. Now you still have some money to live on. And also they wanted healthcare because football is a violent game. Tom Brady calls it a planned car collision and he's absolutely correct. Wow. <laughs> and well, that seems and, fair enough. And Tom Brady would know Tom Brady was in an actual car crash. Yeah. And, and thought the football game was worse. Wow. So guys wanted health care and they wanted pensions. The owners were like, no. So the players went on strike. Okay. And so the owners tried to hire replacement players, which obviously people were asking for refunds of their tickets and everything else because it's like, no, I came here to see, I don't know, Randall Cunningham or whatever. Sure. And you're giving me just some dude from New Jersey. Like, I just don't. That's have not enough. the team you pay to see. Yeah. yeah. So people were trying to get their refunds and everything. The Philadelphia Eagles unionized like really well, kept together really strong. But, but like the Dallas Cowboys owner, who at the time was uh, Tex Schramm, which is such a Cowboys name, yeah. um, he, he specifically individually found players' weaknesses and essentially enticed them to cross the picket line. Oh my gosh. Back. But like ultimately the players wound up caving because a lot of the other owners did, did what Schramm did. And like one player for the, the Cowboys said, I'm not playing. That's it. You can do whatever it is that you want to do. I'm not playing. And then he got humiliated into playing more or less because he he owed some some money um, outside of the league. And Shram found out and basically got the debt collectors onto him so that he would come back and play football. That's crazy. It's, it's the most brutal thing ever. So I like there there is a point at which collective bargaining makes a ton of sense because sure. the guys that want the pension and the healthcare are usually the older players in the league and they have less value. And so they don't have the leverage. So they need the leverage of the younger players to help them <laughs> bargain. But I don't know exactly how that works with teachers necessarily. But there has to be like a more of a middle ground because unions also do this thing where they just take on a life of their own yeah. and sometimes fail to adequately represent the people they're supposed to be representing. Well, and you could be punished for not being a union member, which I think yeah, is a big problem. which is kind of crazy. Like, if you did, like, if you were the one guy that just felt like you were actually fine <laughs> with how you were... Yeah. That's your business. That should be your business, yeah. Yeah. I have no problem with, with unions if they're entirely voluntary. That's fine. If teachers want to go on strike, whatever. But they can be fired. I think that that's my position. If you want to go on strike, okay... But I can fire you. you know, yeah, the, the, that's the, my right the, as bigger, the strength as your of the employer. union should be should be the numbers, and obviously that's the point of making it mandatory. But it yeah. still feels 
I don't know, it still feels disgusting. It's one of those things where it was probably, and it was extremely useful in the turn of the century back when it was Upton Sinclair. Well, absolutely had to be. Yeah. That, Children are working in, in yeah. factories for 13 hours a day. Yeah. Yeah, you need, you need something to say no. You probably need some sort of protection going on there. Yeah, but, you know, in this day and age, I don't know if it's as necessary now as it was before, but I'm really not educated I, on that topic. I think, yeah, I think they maintain it so that it doesn't go back to being necessary. Really, what I think we need is like some third check and balance to it, because the union obviously is trying to be a check to the c- corporation. Sure, but who's watching the watchman? But who? Yeah, who's watching the union? Yeah, right. So the and that's the thing. Like, there's not because because the unions. Um, because I had a friend who his dad is a, a prison guard. Okay, and so like the the prison guards union, like a lot of it. Um, and he was in California, so I'm not going to say that this is for everywhere. But he, sure. but like. A lot of it, like the union had its own agenda and you were, you were part of the union and you were like, I don't believe in that. Yeah, that's the crazy thing about unions too is they, they give you know, political donations and what if I don't like that political person? Yeah, it, it, you, so you're basically, like say you're a Democrat and your union is maybe leaning conservative. Yeah, it's a steel workers union or whatever. Yeah, and so you're, you're donating money to maybe some party that you believe is op- opposite to what you believe maybe and vice versa. And it's... Maybe it's, you're a Green Party member, and they're donating to the Democrats. They're like, hey, man. Yeah, that's that seems bizarre. Yeah, that's not cool. And it's, it's, it it's doesn't really matter for you. So, I don't know. It's Unions are tough. That's why I, I got into the stock market, so I can invest in weapons companies and feel okay about it. <laughs> feel glorious about it. I, I'd be like, this is my money. I'm putting it in there. <laughs> Collected bargaining my butt. I'll put it in myself. Yeah, pretty much. And, I, and, cause, and that's the thing is, like, you don't really... Because you, you pay union dues, so it's definitely coming out of your money oh, yeah. <laughs> to do it. Absolutely. You know. Now, you could argue, of course, you voluntarily gave up that money, and that's that's certainly a valid argument. But It's know. like I have to mandatorily join a union. It's like... If it's mandatory, isn't it just as bad as government at that point? Yeah. So you could say I voluntarily gave it up, but I voluntarily gave it up to this thing I had to mandatorily join. It's kind of like income it's, tax or something. It's like, it's, yeah. Or, you know... I used to when I used to take my brother's hand and make him hit himself. 